Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Chris Evans here. A big thank you for downloading our Virgin Radio podcast. Coming up on this week's edition of The Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky, Rob Delaney chats his fantastic new stand-up special on Amazon Prime Video. Heston Blumenthal and Nicholas Ekstedt tell us about their incredible new Channel 4 competitive cookery show, Crazy Delicious. Filmed on the world's first entirely edible TV set, Faye Ripley shares all about the return of Cold Feet on ITV and Timmy Mallet discusses his new memoir, Utterly Brilliant. All that and so much more coming up. He stars in and co-created the global sensation Catastrophe, knocked it out of the park in Deadpool 2 and is a vociferous supporter of the NHS. What's not to like about this guy? His new stand-up comedy special, Jackie, is released worldwide tomorrow, so please welcome the hurricane of hilarity that is Mr. Rob Delaney. Good morning, Rob. Hey, hey, guys. It's nice to see you. Thanks for having me. What's not to like about you? Nothing. Everybody loves you. My <laughs> wife loves you. I love you, uh, Rach. By the way, Rach, if that's the first time you met Rob Delaney, that was, that was, uh, oh, that was verging on inappropriate, that hug. No, we know each other. Oh, thank heaven for oh, that, because that yeah, went yeah, on for yeah. some time, didn't it? No, I was so excited to see Rachel, because oh. we met uh, a few years ago and, and talked about having lots of kids and stuff, and we had a lovely chat. So for me, uh, you know, you know, Rachel's the real draw so here. So you do know each other. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Phew, wee. Okay, otherwise we're going to have to make phone calls to partners and things like that. So something's going on here, we don't know what, but you get here soon. Uh, so Rob, how come how come you live in Great Britain? How come you ended up here? Well, because of catastrophe. I didn't, I mean, I we put our stuff in like short-term storage we lived in LA and we're happy there and uh figured we'd come here do a few episodes of catastrophe and then they'd ask us to leave and and then that didn't happen and um you know we had more kids here and they love their school and, and we've been fortunate to to make friends and stuff so so we're here you know even though catastrophe is over we still live here and plan to continue now I was talking to Rachel about that is catastrophe over is it done and dusted yeah for yeah it is no, people, people no, love it though I'm so happy that they do and that's i also think because you've chosen to move on or yeah we we decided because we didn't want to repeat ourselves you know we uh i if i said anything else about parenting or about marriage in its earlier years i would be repeating myself and and we didn't want to do that we were so grateful to get to make the show and we just didn't want to make uh, any bad episodes and so so your uh, stand up which i saw last night i watched it last night at home which is hilarious is Thanks. is that is that the beginning of the transition is this uh, sort of decompression for you then is that moving 
moving on. No, I mean, because I'd always done stand-up, and I have another stand-up special that came out some years ago, and um, so... No, there's not the stand-up. I know you've done stand-up, but it, oh, the, okay. the subject matter, as it were. Oh, um, I don't know, because, of course, there is some overlap, because I, even though I might be done with Catastrophe, I'm still a parent, and I'm still married. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that was uh, a new thing I wanted to do and get out there, and, you know, I think some people in the UK might not even know that I did stand-up, because I came here and just disappeared into Catastrophe, yeah. so I did want to say, UK, I do stand up and may, please may I come do it in your house or uh, church or, or wherever, you know? Now, um, in your special TV special, uh, you tell stories about your children, okay? Yeah. You tell stories about your children that are hilarious, uh-huh. but sound like they just happen and you're just recounting the stories. Is it, can't be that simple, can it? No, certainly not. I lie <laughs> repeatedly throughout the special. There's a lot of stuff that is true, but then there's stuff that I embellish or, or make funny. Or in the time, it might have been horrific and terrible, the thing that happened. But I try and tell it in a way that uh, that is funny. And if that involves blatant dishonesty, I'm happy to do it. Oh, right, so, yeah, good. if you hear something and you're like, you, then I can reserve the right to say, oh, it didn't even happen. Or maybe it did. But, but, uh, but you know. often the simplicity of the stories... Uh, you think they're just they are funny i mean you got three boys yeah okay uh, one they were one six and eight at the time of the recording are they still that age now uh for a few more days a couple of them are about to transform into okay, older that's, kids that's what happens isn't it and uh, you tell these stories can we tell the story about um your two elder boys coming coming to you saying Dad, is it true we don't have to marry women oh yeah yeah <laughs> so that did truly happen that one that's one it's, that just well, it sounded like it way. might have happened yeah yeah so they came up to me and they were like, uh, Daddy, is it true? You know, they have British accents, which makes me love them more. Um, or English. What's a British accent? Sorry, everyone listening. Um, <laughs> they said, um, they said, Daddy, is it true that we don't have to marry women? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, great. And then, <laughs> then they're like, so, you know, and they went and had a little conference. And then they came back and they were like, well, so could we marry men? And I was like, yeah, if you want. And they were like, ah! <laughs> and uh, then they then what did they say? They were like, um, could we marry Max and George? You know, they're friend, our friends, you know? Mates, yeah. yeah, and I was like, yeah, I mean, okay, now that one's a little, that one's more tough because they have to want to, you have to want to. Probably it's not going to happen for like 20 years. So, I mean, I mean, but yeah, you could. And they were like, ah! And then the final one was they asked if they could wrestle. They were like, Daddy, could we wrestle before bed every night? And then I was like, well, that's kind of the main draw, <laughs> you know? That's like the best part of being gay is getting to wrestle before bed. <laughs> okay, and then thereafter. So you're also acting a lot now. You get you get asked to be in other things because when you were writing, you you do you've been doing stand up comedy for a decade and a half ish now. Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. Yeah, a little longer. Getting yeah. towards twenty years now. Um, did, but when did you, did you were you asked to act because you had written something that was funny and you acted in, or do you have history as a trained actor? Okay, so I do have a history as a trained actor, and I tried to act, but nobody really cared until I made my own show. So I mean, not like no one, I, I no one in the world, probably including my mom, could name something that I was in before Catastrophe. Yeah. Um, and then because of Catastrophe, when I was like, look, guys, I. I can do it people were like oh okay you know so uh, they were like oh he's on four seasons of a show and i'm like yeah his, his own you know but still if, if, whatever it takes you know yeah, so when you see kevin hart who's hilarious and brilliant in mm-hmm. movies and you see steve martin and richard pryor yes. do you think they all wanted secretly to be actors and they couldn't get to be actors so they became stand-up comedians as their secret way in okay so some people do do that the ones that you've mentioned are are so good at stand-up though that i suspect that they just deeply love stand-up right. and uh you know but 
But there's a thing, like, I love to collaborate and do TV and movies and stuff, but then sometimes you just want to be the director, the producer, the actor, the whole thing, and do stand-up, you know, so just go without a net. So I really like to do both because I love to work with other people, but then sometimes I want to be a despot, dictator, psychopath, and just do stand-up. Lovely to meet you, Rob. Lovely to meet you. Okay. Uh, Jackie out tomorrow, Friday, 70 the Jan, Amazon Prime Video. Uh, we love Rob Delaney. That's the end of it. Thanks, guys. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Take a portion of Brit and mix with a generous helping of Swede. Lead them to marinate inside the world's first ever edible TV set and et voila, you have the new cookery show Crazy Delicious. It's on Channel 4 next Tuesday and here to tell us all about it are the finest swinglish couple since Rod Stewart and Brit Eklund. It's Heston Blumenthal and Nicholas Ekstedt. Yay! Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. You are right? Good. good. Really good. How are you, Heston? I'm very good, thanks. What about that swinglish? You get back on the microphone. For you, um, swinglish. Now that—that's uh, I like that because it's one of these sort of 2020 up-to-date catchphrases. It's very on vogue, and you'll know about swinglish because my wife is Swedish. So that's where you get swinglish from. Yep, I'm so, the English part of the swinglish. Okay, so we have this is our first radio swinglish couple. You're our second radio <laughs> swinglish couple. How's Great. that feeling? Uh, feels very good actually. As soon as I start speaking swinglish, I think Heston just cracks <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. one, of the, one of the biggest problems we had on set was actually just Heston just laughing at my. Yeah, swinglish. but at least you can do it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> at least you can get a bit of English out in, amongst those gorgeous Swedish tones. So you, you, you would speak Swinglish. We, Hester and I, and, and Vassos and Rachel, we'd have to speak Ingweed. Ingweed. Wouldn't we? Ingweed, yeah. Ingweed. Ingsweed? Ingweed. That's, I suppose that's, ah, that's what it is. Yeah, means. which yeah. is very apt for a cooking show. Ingredients. Ingredients. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. You're fantastic this morning, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm feeling I'm peaking, though. He's been on the air and off the air. Now, uh, let's talk about your new show. It's on Channel 4. It airs next week. Crazy Delicious, Channel 4, episode 1, 21st of Jan, 8pm. I saw it last night. Um, it has amazing production values to it. It's an hour long. It's an epic. Uh, you tell everybody more. I, I did actually describe it earlier on, but, but off you go, you two. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a competitive show. I mean, people compete, and there, are, but there are standalones, so uh, there's no elimination. Every show is independent. So you can watch them separately if you want them. And the three competitors, and then me, Heston, and Carla Hall from the US are judging it. And Why are you all dressed in white? Like, like angels? Because we're gods. Um, <laughs> that what yeah, it is, it gods. A, I have to, it was a little bit strange. I loved it. I loved it. I've been it. sitting on a cloud. When we first, the first it's day so we got... It's such a funny show. We walked on set and looked at it and this huge... It's like walking into, falling down a rabbit hole and walking into some kind of edible wonderland. It is, yeah. And we walk up the stairs and this is the cloud where us gods... And we were looking at each other <laughs> thinking, this is so surreal. Yeah, and I called my wife and I said, like, they're calling me a food god in the UK. And she's like... They're calling you a god? Yeah, and then, I, yes, and I'm all dressed in white and my wife says, like, like a dentist? Also, not the most practical colour when you're having to eat beetroot, um, roast beetroot crisps and beetroot puree no, and yeah. stuff. No, especially when they're, when they're exploding. Yeah, not and like, clumsy yeah. Wait for the tandoori or the turmeric for it to bring it on. So, so this set, it is massive, this set. It's huge. It was filmed at Elstree, I think, wasn't Elstry, it? Elstree, yeah. So that's why it's so big. It's, it's a big soundstage and it's the world's first edible, completely edible cookery stage, isn't it? So yes. Every, every, and this is part of the format of the show. So they go, the, the three contestants each week go foraging first? Yes, they can yeah. forage in the on the set so they could break stuff from the set and use it in their in their cooking and it's the thing is it's it the, the, the point of this show is that i think that what one thing that you is uniquely human is the ability to imagine things that don't exist so you could imagine a candy floss cloud attached to this building with a licorice <laughs> string blowing in the wind yeah 
And that imagination allowed us to become storytellers. Yeah. And without it. imagining things, we couldn't have created language and maths and telephones and houses and, you know, all the wonderful things. Well, human imagination is what separates us from all other species. Yeah, yes. exactly. And that imagination um, is what this programme was trying to celebrate. But it also made it difficult to judge because the craziness signifies the imagination creativity. Yeah. Hmm. But uh -huh. unlike... Um, unlike uh, An Instagram account. If you if you yeah. have, because I didn't think about this until mm. until it was the show that drove it. That food blog sites have become incredibly popular. A food blog site is about really about the photograph that's posted up, and it looks beautiful. But really, this should also be have the same effect when you put the food in your mouth. Yeah, and that made it also quite but difficult you know to judge. You know who started all this nonsense? Who you? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you are right. Now you know what it's like to be a customer in one of your restaurants. You, you've suddenly been confronted with the same dilemma as the restaurants. Yeah, what the heck is this? <laughs> you started it all, Hester. It, it's true. Every second dish is like Hester's like, I've done this. I did this at Feast. I did this 10 years ago. It was kind of like, in the end, he just stopped saying it because he was fed by his inventions. Yeah. But yeah. Because you forage a lot, don't you? Yes, I do. Okay. I and love so, it. so this show is. But my son got sick the other this spring so I'm I'm a little more careful was now. it a mushroom um, yes well <laughs> yes it was yeah. I mean, it was it was definitely a mushroom yeah apparently it can get really you, you need to be careful giving you can't give anything to your kids do you know how well, careful you have to be over mushrooms mushrooms yeah. you really can have I tell to. you how careful you have to be over mushrooms yeah, you can die. Okay. well yeah I know that yeah. but this is, <laughs> this is how careful you have to be so the most uh, famous and, and the best male mushroom forager in the world met his wife, who was the best female mushroom forager in the world, because they went foraging for mushrooms together, yeah? yeah. And they got married because they loved mushrooms. And they both died of... Food poisoning. No, natural sources. But it was a super story. It could have, it could have been the way. Could have been, it could have been the way, because that's how dangerous mushrooms are. And they're all Swedish. <laughs> no, they're not all Swedish. <laughs> uh, where are you going to next, you two, this morning? Uh, I'm done. I'm going back to Stockholm. <laughs> Can I come with you? <laughs> Let's, let's see if we can meet the king. Please give us a, a tour of Stockholm. Yeah. I, we want to go to Sweden. Uh, we're going to Denmark anyway in May. Uh, yeah. We want to go to Norway, Finland. We Seriously. You're so welcome. Okay, thank you yeah. very much. Heston, anything you'd like to say before you pop off? Uh, lovely to see you again. Lovely to see you again. Uh, I haven't seen you for ages. I know, and I think we seem to be going down a similar route in terms of... In terms of... I, 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 Varicose the, veins. The word wellness is something that has become has become it miss. One of the <clears throat> toughest thing working on Crazy Delicious was every morning at six thirty he was in the gym. Yeah, like you know we stayed at the same hotel and I like I thought I was good. I went down to the gym and said top name Heston Blumenthal yeah. six forty five. But you know why we have to do that, Heston and I? You know why? Because you're 10 years older than me. No, because we're not Scandinavian. <laughs> and, we, and we both... That's why we love you and hate you in equal measures. <laughs> and we're both ginger. Yeah, well, we were. Well, we were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both of you are amazing. Thank you very much. Crazy Delicious, Channel 4, Episode 1, Tuesday, 21st of Jan, 8pm, week today. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From being a children's entertainer called Mischief the Clown to becoming a mainstay on British television, our next guest has seen it all. Series 9 of ITV's smash hit Cold Feet returns to our screens tonight at 9pm. And here to tell us all about it, it's always a pleasure with the national treasure, <laughs> Faye Ripley. <laughs> He's getting better. <laughs> Morning, Faye. Hey, hello. Right, now let's talk about Kofi. So Kofi, ITV tonight, nine o'clock. Um, the first episode of the brand new series, it gives your writers and your producers are so clever. And I talked to you about this last year. They give us everything in the first 10 minutes that we need to, to reassure us if we 
needed any reassurance in the first place that it's all going to be all right from a viewer's point of view. It's funny. It's breathtaking. It's jaw-dropping. And 90 minutes in, you will cry, but I'm not going to tell you why. But you will definitely, definitely cry. It's something to do with your storyline again, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's, you know, I, I guess... I guess early on, as you say, we need to do a lot early on to say we're back. Yeah. And each time you need to go, we're back, you're safe, we're your friends, but loads of stuff happens. And and yeah, they, they give a taster of that early on in the show. No, I don't know what to talk about and what not to talk about. Oh, really, somebody said quite rightly, I don't talk about that bit because that would be a spoiler, and it really is. Um, so, so what do you remember from the first episode of this season that you filmed that you would want people to know about beforehand? <laughs> I mean, it's it's really well. What we've done this time that we've never done before is that we've we normally leave quite a big time gap of about a year in terms of telly time, but we've come back pretty much you know, a few weeks after we left off, um, and we left off in terms of you know Adam and Karen, will they, won't they, and are they making a go of it, and in terms of Jenny and she's coming back post treatment, which doesn't sound very exciting. But the bottom line is, on telly, we've never really looked at what that limbo time is, that time after you've had cancer, you finished, you, you finished the treatment and what it feels like to go, well, who am I? What am I? What's life holding? And then her family and teens and mums and mates and the, the, uh, the fallout to everyone. Because um, you think it'd be all, all bell, bells, whistles, and, and party poppers because she survived mm. cancer, but not necessarily so. Well, you've, you've, what, what she's done is she survived treatment, yeah. and that's the that's where we're meeting her, and that, that's the bit you're looking at. And um, you know, it's kind of like there's a lot of everyday life stuff that has to go on around that moment. But I think she's on her own, going, who, who the heck am I? You know, what's going to happen now? And, and do I have a future? What, what's my future? And because of your storyline, because of Jenny's storyline uh, between the, the last series and, and this one, and because of the narrative of, of cancer and having chemotherapy and having treatment and go, perhaps potentially going into remission, um, have, you be, have you had a bigger sort of relationship with that world since then? Because you sort of have to in the end, don't you? Um, in terms as, of as a public figure, have you had people talk to you about it? Oh, listen, I do. I'm just hugging strangers. Basically, yeah. that's now my job. Yeah. I'm very happy to do it. Yeah. It's it feels incredibly personal, and I'm hugging people in your office block. I'm hugging people in supermarkets because it's someone's sister, mum, dad, brother. You know, there's we're all affected by cancer in some way, um, and you know, c come up to me. And let's have a hug, basically, because <laughs> um, that's what I'm here for. And what are they saying? Thank is it? Thank you, generally. Um, it's a bit. It's just people feel that they want to share their story, and in a way, like people used to share their story. But when I had an affair as a character, people would say, "Oh, I've had an affair as well." You don't bother hugging them. You sort of go, "Oh, oh, that's nice." Um, uh, but the, as I say, it's so personal. Their stories are so personal. The, um, I get a lot on social media about the impact on their lives that the stories had. I, I got one yesterday saying that somebody ch checked their own body, found something, got diagnosed, they're okay. That's a big deal to me as an actor. Normally, I don't make any difference to anyone, frankly, <laughs> even to my husband. No, no, but you do, so, you do, but just not in that way. That's the so thing. it's a big deal. It is a big it's deal. It's a huge deal. Kofi, ITV tonight, nine o'clock. It's back, 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 series nine. Um, so much happens in the first ten minutes to hook us in for the rest of the series. Um, what can we say about Adam and Karen without giving too much away? Well, it's sort of, it, it's, it's kind of, 
it's splitting the audience, whether it's sort of really exciting that they're getting together or really disgusting. Um, and it's splitting the friends in the show. You know, Jenny... It's like had, Harry and Meghan, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, had a bit... Oh, don't. No, it is so. Um, yes, yeah, maybe it is. Oh, well, but Harry and Meghan... Sort of... you, know, you know about the vote, the vote, the Harry and Meghan... Younger people think thinks what they're doing is the right thing and older people think what they're doing is the wrong thing. Oh, right, I see what you mean. Yes, yes, in that sense it is. So it is splitting it like that. And um, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm like the Queen... Um, but it's uh, <laughs> Jenny's not best pleased. But the um, but anyway, I think what it does do is sort of throw a bomb into the show, and I think that's really great. And I think that sort of it gives the show a real sort of zing to it because it's a real dilemma, to be honest, for you, a lot of the characters. You can also see, feel the writing right is, is match fit because you get. You know, movie, movies, good, good movies, and what they want in in movies that have a similar theme or similar themes and similar similar demographic and environment to Kofi. But from a movie point of view, is you want those points in the movie that are awkward, cringeworthy, hilariously funny, and heartbreaking. And because you're writing a movie script and it takes so much longer, you can also almost be so hamstrung by your own keenness to get those moments right. But when you're writing in and out, day in, day out, series after series after series, they are coming at you thick and fast. It is so awkward, the mm. first few minutes of this, and then it's so funny, and then it's so sad. Um, congratulations again. Oh. Well, it's, I have to say, I'm, I'm proud of this series, and, and I'm, you know, I, I don't step forward with that that often I sort of let people decide but I've from what I've seen I'm really proud of what what's coming up for people uh, what are you doing for the rest of the day Faye Ripley I'm going to talk about cold feet being on tonight I'm going on the telly in a minute are you going this morning this morning yeah she's going on this morning you know about this, this morning. No. You know, we have so many guests right that come here and go to this morning and then we say they're going on this morning this morning yeah and you're our next one yay she's on this morning this morning <laughs> with Philly Willoughby I'm guessing so, but I don't know. Do you check who's on? Would, you know, does well, it and then refuse yes. if I don't get the present. No, of course not. Okay. I love them all. Well, we love those guys. We love you. Coffee returning tonight, Series 9, 9pm, 9 ITV. One of the jewels in UK TV's crowd. Thank you. Thank you. You're very Thanks. welcome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We've heard from three guests already, but there's loads more still to come. David Haig discusses the new Sky original Cobra. Chloe Madeley tells us all about how to get fitter with her new book, Transform Your Body with Weights. Izzy Judd shares how to find moments of calm with her new book, Mindfulness for Mums. And Bertie Carville chats about Channel 4's upcoming war crime thriller, Baghdad Central. All that and more, but first, Dapper Dave, who's next? From the Wide Awake Club and Wackaday to an awe-inspiring cycle ride and creating beautiful art, our next guest has one hell of a story to tell. His new memoir, Utterly Brilliant, is unleashed on the world tomorrow. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome the one and only... Timmy <laughs> <Manny>. What? <laughs> oh, Ooh. that is brilliant. 
That takes us both back. Oh, utterly, <laughs> utterly, utterly brilliant. Right, so Timmy's book, Timmy Mallet, Utterly Brilliant, um, it's out now. Um, good morning, Timmy. Welcome to the top of the news tower. Well, this is just brilliant to be here, Nobby. Absolutely <laughs> loving this. Uh, and it's great to, uh, to, to share this occasion with you. Right, so let me ask you this, first of all. Uh, was teaching me how to do this for a living and then coming down to London and uh, launching a legendary uh, kids' TV show uh, and then becoming a, a professional painter and then riding the El Camino Trail, the pilgrimage. Was that always the plan? No. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if it was that Oh, and, and having a number one in between oh, it all yes, as well. thank you very much. Yes, don't forget that. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't know. The opportunities come your way, don't they? Yeah, and yeah. and there, uh, there's a lovely phrase that came to me uh, when I was cycling the Camino. Somebody said, you know, dream big. And your life can be big. Yeah. It doesn't mean it definitely will be. Uh, dream small, and your life probably will be small. But dream big. Uh, have big dreams. You know, we're we're here for a short time. Make the most of it. It's it's just joyous, and I'm loving this uh, occasion now with uh, with the book. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled, Nobby. Hey, listen, I brought you a little present. Okay, come on. It's a Timmy on the Tranny badge. Oh, my goodness. I found this. I in, remember in, these. Yeah, these. Well, they're 40 years old. We used to send them out, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Well, when, we, when we remembered. Timmy on the Tranny. Yeah. Uh, and you were my One, one of your many helpers. <clears throat> Nobby No Level. Do you remember your catchphrase, yeah, Of course Nobby? I do. What I, what I don't know, I don't know. Exactly. Because I didn't know anything. <laughs> exactly. Because I had 10 no levels in nothing. <laughs> it's what I had or didn't have or whichever way you like to look at it uh, but of course I, I, I took over from a guy called Andy Bird and Andy was your first uh, and your, your sort of founding Timmy Helper and went on to uh, lead up Disney run I mean, Disney run, run worldwide Disney. yeah exactly so not a bad pedigree here. Professor Brian Cox he was a Timmy Helper yep <laughs> Absolutely. It, it, this, this is quite a list, really. Thank you on behalf of all of us. <laughs> OK, that's quite all right. You're Nobby. a really good teacher. Oh, what a pleasure. Uh, OK, so Timmy Mallet, utterly brilliant. My life's journey. Mm. So the, the, this El Camino uh, pilgrimage, OK, mm. that, that is the narrative throughout the book. Uh, and then you step off that narrative now and again uh, to talk about your life and uh, how you started in broadcasting and how you decided what you wanted to begin doing and then sort of where you ended up. And uh, to, you now sell fine art. You're a fine uh, artist for, for a living and you're brilliant at it. So um, so how come the El Camino? First of all, what is it for people who don't know? OK, it's a thousand-year-old pilgrimage route that traces, traces its way across Europe to Santiago de Compostela, where uh, that's in northwest Spain, where they say the remains of Saint James the Apostle, the brother or cousin of Christ, are buried, uh, and all of him is there, uh, apart actually from his left hand, and his left hand is weirdly in the Thames Valley in England, and it's been here for nine hundred years. And I discovered this in a story that uh, it's, uh, and I'm thinking that's a bit weird. That's that's strange. So I went to go and see the vicar of the church where it is, and he said, "Oh yeah, the the uh, the supposed left hand." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, there's no provenance." I said, "Well, there's no provenance in all sorts of things, isn't there?" But I rather like the idea of taking a photo of this hand and then cycling across Europe on my own from home alone and painting the adventure as I went uh, and then putting the photo next to the tomb of, uh, of St. James the Apostle in, um, in Santiago Cathedral. And I was inspired to do this actually by my brother. I have a Down syndrome brother, Martin. Now, with language and learning difficulties, Martin has reached his potential every single day of his life. You'll know this. You, you remember the fun occasions where he'd come up and just give you a hug and he'd say, my friend, my friend, I'm Martin. And Martin uh, just lives in the moment. 
He, he enjoys the here and now of living. Actually, I say he enjoys it now. But uh, just a week before I set off on my uh, cycle ride, dear Martin died at the age of 64. And so I had his funeral two days before setting off. And my big brother, Paul, found amongst Martin's things his name tags. You know the things that your mum sews into your clothes to show that these are yours? Chris Evans, don't lose your jumper. <laughs> so I have these Martin Mallet name tags and somebody suggested, why don't you mark the journey? And uh, when you come to a nice view or a church or a castle or a waypoint, leave a Martin Mallet name tag. And I thought, that's an interesting idea. Well, I don't know. And I said, then they said, share it on your on your platforms and I said oh no that's far too personal I said no people will want to hear this story it's an important story about uh, about living in the moment and if you can paint this adventure paint it for all the joy and textures that there are the, you know, the beautiful sunny days that you would expect in springtime except two years ago we had the beast from the east yeah, torrential rain you know thunderstorms huge massive winds and so Cycling, let alone painting in those conditions, was a real challenge. But uh, the Martin marking it has become quite important because in the front of the book there's a map and it shows the exact spot, the exact GPS of every single Martin name tag. I bought one this morning and I'm going to put it here in your studio because <laughs> this right here, right now, right. is part of this story. So, if you don't mind, I'm going to put this Martin Mallet name tag underneath one of your microphones yeah, here. secrete it somewhere so nobody knows, like like and, some and sort of espionage like chip. You'll find it, and you'll go, ah, oh, Martin's part of this uh, part of this story. He's he's been here. So the paintings are, uh, are there, and uh, and I'm just absolutely thrilled with it. So much to talk about. Uh, we're out of time, but uh, Timmy's book, Timmy Mallet, utterly brilliant, um, is out tomorrow. My life journey, fascinating book, fascinating guy, genius, uh, taught me basically everything I know. So thanks for that again. And God thanks bless for, you, On behalf of all the helpers who've gone on to do amazing things, and there are many, many of them. Uh, Lorraine Kelly talking about this book on the back cover. Keith Lemon, massive Wackaday fan. Uh, the Secret Football of the World is a dark and confusing place right now, but there are still times that make a person glad to be in it. Timmy's journey throughout this book is just one of them. Fantastic. Thank you, Timmy. Thank you, Nobby. For everything. I have no complaints whatsoever. And look at all these blimmin' texts. Oh. Boom. So many. Brilliant. Utterly brilliant. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. A government rife with infighting and angry mobs on the street. No, you're not watching the news. It's the riveting new Sky original Cobra that starts tonight on Sky One at 9pm. All episodes available right now for a good old weekend binge watch too. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the conniving star of the show. It's David Hey, Good morning, David. Good morning. How are you today? Conniving, of course. Yes. Oh, can I? <laughs> what, what a role to get your teeth into. Oh, eh? fun. It's good to play a baddie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Keep uh, smiling and do evil. Yeah, not, not only is he, is he a baddie, but he's just, he's horrible, isn't he? Yeah. He's oily, he's supercilious. He's... I sort of found him vaguely familiar, actually. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, in the present <laughs> political landscape, in... being non-specific. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but so to tell us, for people who don't know, what happens in the first, first 10 minutes of the first episode of Cobra should get people hooked? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you see a plane coming down and landing on a major... British road yeah. um, but the crucial thing is there's been a solar storm yeah. a geomagnetic force of huge impact mm -hmm. um, which actually occurred in the 19th century something called the Carrington 1859. event 1859 
you're the man. Yeah. And um, uh, but of course, didn't have the impact it would have now because we didn't depend on computers and electricity and all the modern facts, you know. So it is absolutely feasible that this will happen. You've probably heard this all already. This well, no, morning, we had but... a scientist on yesterday, oh, you? and oh, your you? writer heard him talking, yeah. and loved the fact the scientist said, "No, all this could happen, yeah. and, and probably will and happen. Probably will. That's yeah. the terrifying thing. Yeah. And there's an incredible image in the first episode." of the lights of London going out. And it sound you can say that blithely, but actually the way it's filmed is brilliant because it's just somebody up in there, flat, quite high up in London, making a coffee, doing whatever, yeah. and suddenly, chunk by chunk, the city goes dark. We are amazingly sort of uh, connected S now, but it's such a fragile network. Yeah, it? and what happens to sophisticated, in inverted commas, people when the very basics are taken away. <laughs> fall and they, apart. You know, they, they fall, fall apart, apart and they start behaving oh, very badly. OK, what a great setup. Uh, what have you two got to say about David Haig's he's, performance in Cobra? He's a terrible person. You're horrible, Awful. Awful. That's very generous of you. <laughs> <laughs> because it's what you want people to think, isn't it? So, of so, course. So yeah. tell, us, tell us about your character. Tell us how he fits into the triumvirate of power that we witness. Well, he is the Home Secretary and is therefore inherently involved in decisions and choices within the Cobra meetings as to what to do about this appalling solar storm mm. but the crucial thing about him is that he unsmilingly connives and wishes to dislodge the prime minister ultimately and aspires to power himself but that's that's as much as i'm going to say about the later chunks right, so here, but robbie carlisle is playing the prime minister he's playing the prime who Minister's. else is in it and brilliant victoria hamilton is in it and brilliant richard dormer is in it and brilliant and um yeah, Vic Hamilton and Robert Carlyle are a sort of a unit, one of those symbiotic sort of relationships, you know, the <clears throat> juggling decisions and balance of power. And then my character just dives in, pops in and out, you know, uh, trying to destabilise them and the situation. And your favourite line... Uh, so far. Oh, yeah, it's you in the first episode. So this doesn't give too much away, but you no. refer to the Carrington effect and you say something like, well, it just singed a few telegraph poles and you're just and so... And eyebrows. So, yeah, 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 you're just so dismissive of the whole thing. Yeah. But your lines just like dripping with sarcasm and so cutting, like when Anna comes back from the hotel when something had happened and you pretend to be concerned, but you're so nasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it, it's good of you to remind me because we did it over a year ago, so, of course, this the nuances the thing, yeah, of no, these we're lines... We're all really excited about it, but yeah. you in the acting world, you wrapped it like a year yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. It's been editing for, like, yeah. three months and what is it, post-effects, what, is it, post effects, what do you put on things? Uh, uh, what, what do you put on? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Don't put me on the okay, spot. Okay, sorry, like I apologise. It's too early in the morning. All right, so, so um, Bertie Carvel's going to be here soon. Do you know Bertie Carvel? I do. Okay, you work with him? I haven't worked with him. We did a reading together very recently. Yeah. What is that? Okay, well, so potentially you may be reading, working together. No. Okay, so was it for a radio, was it for a radio program? Well, I hope we are. I hope we are because I'm a huge fan. But you of did his. a see. So you did a reading. No, it was a reading of my play. In fact, a play I've written recently, right. oh, wow. and he read. The, the lead in it and he might, superbly. He, will, will he do? Is he going? Well, if the play has a future, <laughs> but that's that's the problem, you know. You've got so any... many things going on. I know. You're I, know. I also you could, but I, you're really, really. Obviously, we know you're a fantastic actor from the many movies you've been in, the many things you've been in, Thin Blue Line, etc., motion pictures, um, and and we love you to death, and uh, we always have, and we always will, but we still believe you must be a little bit. 
vicious unlike, beneath uh, the surface. Yes, in real life, because your character in Cobra is so unlikable, you, nobody's that good an actor, so we're going to put it to the test. Right. OK. How um, are you going to put it to the here test? We, well, here we have three phrases, yeah. which are innocuous, um, a little saccharine, perhaps. OK, now, if you're, if you're really not vicious, right, yeah. you should be able to say these in character from Cobra, and we, we, would, we would believe it. We will believe it. Okay. Reading glasses so the, time. Thanks. So you've got to be really. You've got to you've say. You've all got to talk amongst yourselves while I get horrible, the reading glasses. Horrible, horrible way. You've got to come across <coughs> horribly. They're the most innocuous. I haven't done this character vacuous. for a year, Chris. I've no idea what he's right, like. Here we go. <laughs> um, you look nice today. Have you done something to your hair? <laughs> 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 threatening. <laughs> threatening. I really like strawberry ice cream. It makes me feel all giggly and nice. <laughs> I'm having a wonderful time being interviewed by Chris Evans. This is without doubt the best breakfast show in the world. <laughs> I don't think they were the character I'm playing in Cobra, but they were no, said in a certain voice. No, but you've just created a whole new one, and I'm not quite sure I like it. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Whether you're the type that hates on free weights or have benched yourself hench, our next guest is worth listening to. Her new book, Transform Your Body with Weights, is out now, and she's here to tell us all about it. Let's suck those guts in and welcome the super ripped Chloe Maidley. She really is as well. <laughs> She's not right now, the, not well, in January. Hang on Who a minute. Is? Look at the front cover of that book. You mean business here. Transfer, transform your body with weights. Yeah, that was shot about a year ago. Now I like <laughs> the fact this is just about weights. I like the fact you've you've you've, you've gone for it. You know, you, you put all your eggs in one basket, or your dumbbells, or your whatever you want to call it, in one <laughs> basket, and you've said, okay, let's go for weights. Why weights? Tell us, tell us particularly why. Uh, that's my third book, and I wanted it to be a weight. I wanted my first book to be a weightlifting book, but um, apparently, and still in kind of um, the big corporate world now and obviously publishing is falls in under that bracket as well weightlifting is still very niche and uh, very unattractive to women um, so I kind of had to really fight for that one to be the third book the first two were more home workouts a lot more cardio stuff uh, a lot more nutrition focused that one is still nutrition focused but it's all weightlifting which is the best form of exercise for everybody to do okay tell, um, us, so, why, yeah. tell us why you think that um, well it is so <laughs> basically uh, increased muscle mass has been shown to decrease all-cause mortality, everything from disease to frailty and old age, um, osteoporosis, uh, and it is, uh, in terms of uh, physique as well, which, let's face it, especially women are very uh, kind of physique-focused. What do their bodies look like? How do they feel in their own skin? Um, it is the best way to completely change your uh, basal metabolic rate, which is how many calories your body burns, even at rest, um, and it completely uh, reshapes your body in terms of your uh, fat mass and your muscle mass and it is how you get what women want which is quote unquote toned which isn't a real thing um, it just means you have increased muscle mass and decreased body fat so yeah I'm, I'm really really passionate about it clearly I'm really proud that, that I finally got to write the book I wanted to write Chloe you do say here um, it has been so you have said so I've got it written down here or somebody else has very kindly written it down for me um, it's helped with your your body's adrenaline and your stress hormones it's changed your biochemistry if I don't really have an outlet mm -hmm. for my adrenaline says Chloe as Chloe has said it will manifest in anxiety cortisol levels uh, will rise and then um, you're in a down 
downward spiral. It, but it's not. It's not. It's worse than a spiral, isn't it? Because you sort of begin to unravel almost. Yeah, I, I want to be very clear here. This that's about me personally, and, and obviously everybody's different. And um, but for me personally, I in my twenties, um, I went through a really uh, weird time. Where I started to really struggle with anxiety, uh, which kind of manifested in the end by having pretty much daily panic attacks. Um, and it became really unmanageable. I got I, I got quite social. I got really bad social anxiety, and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, and when I started uh, lifting weights and kind of implementing that kind of discipline and that that activity, it was really interesting because I, I saw my anxiety um, all but disappear. I mean, I, it's, I still get it, but it's circumstantial now. It's not habitual. And you're aware of it and you have things you can yeah, do about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. But it, but it basically, yeah, I mean, it, for me personally, it was about, it forced me to be present, lifting did specifically. It forced me to be in the moment. I know a lot of runners say this as well. Um, and, and on top of that, you know, it, it was an outlet for a, adrenaline and, and and kind of um almost like a rebalancing of my adrenaline cortisol hormones um which really really helped me and so i always say to people if you're really struggling with um kind of mental health issues on that side of things you know the anxiety side of things and the hormonal side of things give it a go because it can really really help I, I think it kind of saved me really uh, annika says uh, chloe's the absolute best guest you've ever had no offense to anybody else that's here at the moment <laughs> annika uh, i would love to know what supplements to use because i'm trying to gain muscle mass at the moment having uh, hypermobility means i need to have muscle mass to protect my joints yes um well so first and foremost i would say um you should try and get all your nutritional intake from food um supplements should supplement your already um you know great diet in an ideal world i would say um 100 uh lift and if you have hypermobility try and get a pt in a session with you so they can show you kind of your range of motion that would be ideal for you so you don't actually do yourself any damage or hyperextend anything um then i would say you want to have a really high protein diet uh time your carbohydrate intake around training um the rest of the time replace that carbohydrate intake with fat so you've got a really well balanced nutritional diet and and when it comes to supplements um i would say kind of the mainstays for me the things that i never get rid of are uh protein just because it's quite hard to get in the amount of protein that you need um people usually really struggle with it so protein powder is great also if you have a sweet tooth um i would say fish oils omega-3s are pivotal uh multivitamins are great and uh probiotics for gut health are really good go for the oral ones not the dairy ones because there's still not a lot of proof about their bioavailability all right simple <laughs> question for you here you go <laughs> yeah. um lightweight loads of reps or heavier weight fewer reps totally depends on the goal so for you guys uh your runners right so your endurance athletes mm -hmm. you would want to do a lighter weight and then exhaust the muscle by like 20 25 reps because it's more uh, helpful for your goal it's on that anaerobic aerobic threshold or for me i do hypertrophy and strength so i would go a heavier weight with fewer sets and reps before i exhaust the muscle because i want to gain muscle and get strong so it's a different goal so yeah i mean it completely depends this is all in the book as well whatever your goal is there's a different plan for you uh, melin peterborough says here i have zero core strength as well as wanting to lose two stone where do i start help exclamation <laughs> well um losing weight is simply just about a calorie deficit it is just science it's calories in which is food versus calories out which is movement all movement not just exercise um in fact you burn the most amount of calories uh at rest just for your body to function then gesticulating it's called a non-exercise activity thermogenic 
thermogenesis, like walking, moving around, yeah. Um, and then um, EA, which is exercise activity. Um, so really all you have to do is try and put yourself in a negative uh, calorie balance. And then for core strength, um, obviously you need to start working on your core. So things like the plank would be great. Um, and obviously uh, a lot of weightlifting exercises will predominantly use your core to stabilize you. So buy my book. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From a philandering hubby in Dr. Foster to a top copper in Iraq installing law and order, our next guest has a varied CV, to say the least. The exhilarating new crime thriller Baghdad Central starts on Channel 4 next month, and here to tell us all about it is the acting marvel, Bertie Carvel. Morning, Bertie. Good morning, thank you very much. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. <laughs> uh, so, saw an episode of one of this last night, uh, Baghdad Central. Um, first 10 minutes, interesting. Uh, 15 minutes, gripping. Uh, after half an hour, you cannot take your eyes off this. You know, it's it's about the aftermath, you know, the un, so far untold story of the aftermath following the two invasions of Iraq um, by uh, America and so-called allied forces and the mess that it became immediately. Absolutely, yeah. So that's the kind of frame for um, uh, this, like, det- detective story, really, starring um, Khafaji, who is an Iraqi ex-policeman who gets co-opted by my character into the new free Iraqi police service, uh, but is looking for his daughter who's gone missing. And um, what's kind of unique about the show, I guess, is that, you know, you're seeing this mess and so on, but told absolutely from the perspective of ordinary Iraqis. So in terms of, like, who gets to own and who gets to write that story of what will come next. I think that makes it kind of special, you know, it makes it kind of unique. Chaos, chaos, uh, because th- there was no city. There- there's barely a city left. Um, you know, hundreds of thousands of people have been killed. Um, the-, the American forces are in the green zone. They have this protected green zone. They're living a completely different life to everybody else. Um, things like thoroughbred-, thoroughbred racehorses are getting run over in the street because they're just strayed by tanks that can't be bothered to move out of the way. Things that, of course, now you go, all right, and that's how it begins. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what else do we find out about the circumstances that maybe are still going on in Iraq? Yeah, I guess, well, what I love about it is that the, the writer, Stephen Butchard, he kind of, he sort of hides the keys. That, that It's a story full of doors that you want to go through and uh, uh, first seem locked and then you know one is ajar over here and so it's it's a like a, a, a true detective story like a, like a sort of film noir story you're finding your way through these characters are pretty much all presented in the first episode but then um it's like kind of following a maze of the plot so actually that amazing backdrop is is really just the frame for this very psychological kind of character-driven story. Um, but I, I love it too because we're used to seeing stories set against the backdrop of a foreign war and that's kind of borrowed for its exoticism and adventure. But then it tends to be about some British or American dude with a gun running through that. Um, but in this story, you're really sort of asked to see things from a different perspective. And I think that's, to your point, like, you know, it allows an audience, I think, to start to think about what life must be like. And as you say, like, that's something that, you know, lives are continuing in Baghdad right now. And um, so, you know, it's not as worthy as I'm making it sound. It's a good old cracking it's not about thriller. This, it's but not about whether it's worthy or not. You're quite right. It's just about, it's about it's humanity. Humanity. It's about survival. It's about looking for a purpose where there just isn't one. Your character, ex-Mech cop, 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. Out there for what? For money? For cash? For I think for good reasons. For I good think re- he. I think he's got a bit of a white saver complex. I think he thinks he can do some good. But also, you know, he's probably read an advert in the Guardian that says we want somebody to to rebuild the Iraqi police service. And he's from having the ground none up. of the American aspect of it. Yeah, is he? absolutely. Thinks he can kind of water down the hawkish extremes of the American military presence there. Um, you know, probably it's also not a bad pay packet. There's a, probably a lot of danger money in it. Um, and also, you know, as we'll come to find out as the series goes on, there, you know, there's always more going on underneath the surface as well. Right, so he had to try and find some fire starters. So the fire starter that he identifies is this chap, is, is the, the main character in the whole thing. Yeah, so his job really is there is to start to... The Coalition Provisional Authority, as they were called, the kind of interregnum government that replaced the Saddam regime. Uh, the idea is that um, uh, a democratic Iraqi government Let's start will come afresh. after yeah, it. Everything's going to be fine. Exactly, and it's a sort of nation-building project. And so his job is to build the police service section of that. But he's got this tricky job of trying to find out who, you know, more or less everybody who worked under Saddam uh, was was needed to be a member of the the Ba'ath Party. Ended up being corrupt if so, they wanted to or not. Well, it's a question of who is redeemable and so on. So his kind of basic job is to work out is this Kafaji guy someone I can right. And with. the Kafaji guy is it may be potentially redeemable, and but his job is to go and find a thousand other people who may also be potentially redeemable. Yeah, that's where we start. That's, and then, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Yeah, here? Nothing yeah, is going to yeah. happen here. Well, I mean, what's going to happen is he's going to start to invest. He's got his own motivation, really. Of course, he has. He's um, he's really only interested in finding his daughter, and his other daughter is uh, very ill. And my character makes him an offer he can't refuse, which is come and work for us in the green zone, get the medical treatment you're daughter yeah. needs and i'll pay you in dollars and his wife it's was as killed simple as, as well. that right so, so uh, this this man um has very little purpose apart from just the one and nothing else really and isn't interested in anything else and you have to make him interested in that that's right okay uh, i mean it's it's absolutely fascinating where did you film it we filmed it in morocco which was a, it's a beautiful beautiful country and incredibly diverse and i started actually weirdly doing um we were doing a staged reading in Tangier, it's a completely different job, had this incredible journey to the read-through down in the south of the country in Wazazat um, via kind of planes, trains, automobiles and, you know, everything short of camels across the desert. It was an incredible journey. And the diversity in that country in terms of landscape, different cultures and so on is, is really amazing. So we had, a, we had a good time. All I guess have been amazing. Bertie, you've got to go. Uh, you're on a schedule. So Bertie Carval, uh, his new nail-biting drama, Baghdad Central, is on Channel 4 next month. When it's about to be on, I will mention it a lot on the day. Bertie The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Having a child is one thing, raising a child is another, and looking after yourself can sometimes get left behind. Her latest book, Mindfulness for Mums, is out now and here with tips on how to remain present in the presence of a thousand soiled nappies. Please welcome the wonderful Izzy Judd. Good morning, Izzy. Good morning. So qualifications, first of all, as a mum. Qualify your status as a mum. So I have a daughter who is four, called yep. Lola, uh-huh. and Kit is two. Okay. But I was just saying, I feel like I've got 100 children, even though it's just two. Well, <laughs> Well, that's very and that's how it goes and actually the more you get from my our point of view and uh, I've checked this with my wife we discuss it a lot we think the more kids you have the easier it becomes do you think because yeah. I'm one of four and I'm like mum how 
Well, that, that mum. What, um, does mum respond that four is easier than she two? She just says you got left in the car a few times. <laughs> I, th- I think the pack mentality kicks in once you, especially with four, perhaps with three. Uh, so Dapper Dave, who just introduced you, he has he has his second child on the way. Miss Ellie, our exec producer, second child on the way. No others that we know of thus far. There'll be a few around. My daughter has a second child on the way. So bring it on, mindfulness for mums. Uh, Izzy is speaking with her pal Anna Williamson at lifelessonsfestival.com on the weekend of the 15th and 16th of Feb. All very exciting. What I love about your book is it's 30 exercises so you can do one, basically one a day per month if you want to. Yeah, interestingly, my original thought was to kind of do my mindful month. So the idea being an exercise a day that you kind of pick up and learn. But I decided I really wanted to create a book which had just simple effective exercises and a book you can dip in and out of because we all know as mums we are full you know our to-do list just goes on and on and on (laughs) and uh yeah the daily mental load is spinning so I just wanted a book that could sit on your bedside table that you can dip in and out of take what works for you some of the exercises are for mums some you can do with your family you don't need to be a mum some of them are you know completely accessible so I just wanted to create something that I felt I needed in yeah, the chaos of it's motherhood. It's the best way. And what I love about, about what you just said is that if you do put this book, which looks gorgeous, and I think books, it's very important for books to look gorgeous because um, it just it makes you want to connect with it. Or you do connect with them straight away, regardless of what might be on the first page. Hopefully that, that uh, theme of quality continues. But if you put this book on your bedside table, just looking at it may remind you to just calm down a bit. Yeah. Just the cover itself. And all the exercises are are built into your day as a mum. So even as you're waiting for the kettle to boil in the morning yeah. and your children are wanting breakfast and it's, you know, carnage, as I'm sure we can all relate to. But you can just take a moment and the, tr- and the trigger is the kettle boiling to just take a mindful pause, take some breaths, check in, because so often we're up in our minds, we're not in our bodies. So just by connecting the two... Um, so it's, it's kind of finding those pockets in the day. I don't want mums to feel like this is something else they've got to add. And if they don't do it, they're failing because yeah, yeah, we, I agree, I agree. we feel that enough. I love it. I love it. So um, I love the fact that the book is set 30, 30 things that you might want to think about, 30 things that you could be mindful of. And then a page on what they are, how they come about, how they might be affecting you, how they've affected Izzy. And then a little uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten step plan of what to do about it, which takes seconds. What's the breathing one that looks like a mini roller coaster in between your fingers, Izzy? Yeah, so Lola, my daughter, likes to call it star print breathing. So you just imagine holding your hand up in front of you and as you trace your thumb with your first finger so thumb of your left hand with your so, first so, so finger why are we doing this right well, first of all why are we doing this so this is to take five deep breaths right um i've used it i mean when i felt a bit nervous say um on a train that stopped i can can make me feel a bit anxious and it just you can take those breaths not, or, a, not at a station <clears throat> no if you're stuck no <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're stuck in the train what's and, going on yeah right? what's going on yeah, or right. for example um if the children are having a, a tantrum meltdown we will stop and do this breathing together so you uh, trace So with your left hand, you hold it up in front of you like Mm -hmm. a print. And with the first finger of your right hand, you breathe as you trace your thumb up. And breathe out as you come down the other side. And then up your first finger. 
and down and then you just continue to take and that will take five deep breaths and for people that need something tangible something that's there something they can actually do um it's quite an effective one right so you do all this okay you you originated this uh sort of 30 uh step uh regime uh what's it done for you um and what uh, work is still to be done, still it's, required. It's ongoing, isn't it's it? It's ongoing. You know, I think becoming a mum, I felt like I had been thrown in the deep end but couldn't really swim. And I felt that I needed something to support me through that. And also, I have a, a mind of what-if scenarios. So constantly worrying and catastrophizing, and start to create stories in my mind of things that might happen, might go wrong. You know, and as, as, as parents, you're juggling the business of life and, and work and home and everything. And I used to practice mindfulness regularly. I found it was a great way to help with my symptoms of anxiety and just generally in life to just bring your focus back to the present moment. So I wanted to find ways as a mum I could bring these small small pockets of time for self-care to build up an overall, uh, you know, awareness of my well-being and also to to look after my children's mental well-being. And that's what I really, really hope, that it makes people realise that you don't need hours hours of time. You don't need to sit and be cross-legged meditating. You could be walking your dog. You know, it's very mindful or... Your children are your greatest mindfulness teachers. They are learning things every single day. You know, they are spotting things we take for granted. So actually going back to being their age and seeing life their way when things are much lighter and and easier... um, I think is is really important. Just talk, just having you here calms you down. Yeah. Uh, lovely energy today, Rob Delaney. Fantastic energy, and Izzy Judd, fantastic energy. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so okay. much. Okay, oh, awesome. Me. Uh, Mindfulness for mums, Izzy Judd. It's out now, and as I say, Izzy is at lifelessonsfestival dot com. Uh, go there to find out more about all these wonderful people under the same roof, over the same forty hours. Bill Bryson, Darren Brown, Marie Forleo, Doctor Rongan Chatterjee, Richard Dawkins, Alan De Bottom, Philip Perry, Charlie Maxey, Romeshring, and Nathan Adam K. To name less than half the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio thank you so much for listening to this the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky